everybody, and welcome back once again to the next episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Hi, my name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And welcome back to the Movie Reviewing, Beer Reviewing Podcast from the heart of Portland, Oregon. And this week we come to you with a red ale, a stout, and thoughts on the brand new sequel or requel, if you will, to Terminator. Requel? Dark Fates. Oh, no. So I want to start with a question. Uh-oh. This is, and it's not whether or not you liked it, because I know the answer to that. Uh, we both liked it. Uh, but this is, I don't know if last year's Halloween started this or not, but this uh, idea of a franchise where they're going to make a sequel to an earlier movie and ignore a bunch of other sequels that have already been made. Like Halloween did. The Leprechaun franchise apparently did that. Uh, this movie, apparently there's been rumors that Alien is going to do that. I don't know. What do you think of this trend? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I think it's a, it's not a bad way to kind of maybe recon regain control of a franchise yeah that's getting out of hand um like i feel like the uh um halloween movies were just getting more and more outlandish yes right and and bad yeah and so as this was like this reboot where they basically were like we're gonna just kind of get a hold of it and just get retcon it and get rid of all of those horrible sequels. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not, I mean, I don't think that's a bad idea, especially if like in this case, right. Um, this was a matter of regaining also maybe creative control of your own work. You know, Mm -hmm. like James Cameron is on here as a producer credit. He came in, he had, um, thoughts on things. Some things got rewritten, reshot because of that. And so in many ways, um, James Cameron was able able to kind of like regain control of his creation. Yeah. um, In what I think was a pretty good way. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I like the idea of doing this as opposed to just straight reboots or just remaking from starting Mm -hmm. from scratch for the most part. Yes. Uh, Because I don't think those have fared very well. Um, So... But, you know, so you take something that's established and you're not ignoring all of its history. Um, so, yeah, I like the idea for the most part, mm-hmm. you know. But not like anything, you still have to tell a good story. Right. As opposed to, but I like the idea as opposed to just straight restarting or making, you know, part eight. Yeah. You know, of something. Well, I think it's a good, I think that what they have going good for them is a straight reboot, especially of something that is maybe uh, beloved or is a fan favorite um, is risky. You know, yeah. you, if they had just come in and said, well, we're just going to reboot Terminator. That probably would not have been received well. I, I mean, they've tried it a couple of times. So they tried with the uh, Terminator Genesis, right? The whole purpose behind, like one of their ideas was, well, now we have a young Amelia Clark with a young Sarah Connor. Uh-huh. We can kind of 
revisit that whole storyline and audiences were very clearly against that um and so i think i think sometimes you have to be really careful like a reboot isn't always necessary so especially if something was good at the beginning Mm -hmm. you know why not go back to like right where things got off the rails and start there right you know yeah like i think that's a good idea yeah, I mean, if you're going to be making these movies anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you might as well. That's a, probably a better way to a, approach it. Right. And it's way more, like, shows a ton more respect to the original source material. Right. And you can still incorporate things that happened, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you know, actors who were in, in it to begin with. You're not just bringing in new people that are going to be compared to those original, mm-hmm. you know, people that are kind of beloved. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like, don't give us Sarah Con- younger Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. Just give us um, like badass Sarah Connor and somebody else to protect. Although younger Sarah Connor played by Lena Headey in that Terminator TV series. Oh, that one was awesome. That was good. Oh yeah, that was good. Shame on Fox for giving up on that. I know. There's a that there's a, a couple series. of those series that Fox has done wrong. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Firefly. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, before we get back into movie stuff, uh, we each have a beer to deal with, to yes, review. Yes, we do. I went um, the symbolic route. There's only one beer I could have for the review of this movie. Yes. From McMinniman's Brewing, another Oregon-based uh, brewer that we've talked about a few times before. I'm having one of their staples, the Terminator Stout. Correct. The only beer I could have for this as a matter of fact, Terminator Stout turned 34 this week. It's been around that long. Wow. According to the McMenamin's Facebook page, it turned 34 yesterday, or as of Tuesday of this week. Uh, it is super dark, as you would think. It says, their website call, says, it's black as the darkest night and rich as the most decadent dessert. Terminator is for the true stout lover. This is a full-bodied, flavor-packed ale that draws its robust complexity from kiln-baked specialty grain and a wide array of toasted, chocolate, nutty, and coffee-like flavors in every pint. Ooh. It's 6.4-something uh, percent alcohol by volume. It says it has 30 IBUs. I don't know that it has that many to my tongue. But it's um, it's one of the first beers that I had when I first started kind of my palate started expanding from your, you know... Coors Lights into good beer. Yeah. Where I had it, and it was like probably the, the dark. This is, and I was like, this is the darkest beer in the world. There doesn't <laughs> get darker than it is called Terminator, for God's sake. You know, but yeah, there's certainly, I mean, there are darker, stoutier, oh, heavier yeah. things than Terminator. But for if, sure. But if you're looking to maybe break in to stouts or give a stout a try, it, you can't go too wrong. With getting Terminator from uh, from McMinimins. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I like Terminator stuff. Nice. I um, I have a loosely connected one. Uh-huh. Um, I went with Cannonball Red IPA from uh, Migration Brewing, since there is a not so subtle commentary on immigration. In this movie. Um, But so Migration Brewing is right here in Portland um, over on Gleason Street. 
and it is, they've got some great beer. Um, this is their red IPA. Um, it has, depending on what website you look at, it's got conflicting IBUs. Uh-huh. Um, either, uh, 55 seems to be the average. Um, that sounds about right. I mean, it's definitely a, um, a red, so it's kind of got that malty flavor, but then it, it, it does have that like hoppiness and that yeah. little bite there at the end. So I like it. It's a little sweet, I think, um, as malty beverages are like that really heavy malt flavor is a oh, little sure. for me. Yeah. Um, but I like it. Um, it's good. Okay, cool. All right. And that's what we're having as we get into uh, Terminator Dark Fates. Right. Our analysis. We've each come up with our three favorite things about this movie. We haven't shared them with each other until now. Go back and forth doing that. Uh, and so, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert for Terminator Dark Fate. If you haven't seen it, and judging by the box office, maybe you haven't. So disappointing. This is a bummer. Uh, it's good. It is definitely... All, a bunch of reviews I read said definitely the best since Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that completely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, spoiler warning if you haven't seen Dark Fate yet, um, or if you don't care about spoilers, it's fine. Uh, we won't hold back on plot details as we go. Correct. Okay. So. You get to go first this week, right? I think so. All right. All right. Let's go. So for my first favorite thing, um, I'm going to go with, uh, Mackenzie Davis, mm-hmm. who plays Grace. Of course uh, she's on my list. Yeah, well, mine's going to be maybe a little different because this is kind of a personal uh, thing that she reminded me of that I really like. Um, so, you know, she's uh, from the future, sent back in time to help uh, protect... Grace. Oh, no, sorry. Not Grace. Not Grace. Of course, now Natalia, we, neither of us Danny, have any. Danny. Yeah, Danny. Played by Natalia Reyes. Um, and... I love that she, well, I love how she, like, they have her, like, just the way they film her. She just, like, towers over most everybody. And she's, especially when she's with uh, Danny, as, uh, according to IMDb, Mackenzie Davis is 5'10", Natalia Reyes is 5'1". Yeah. And and plus, um, Mackenzie Davis, when I saw her, I was like, oh, I've seen her in a bunch of things. And I looked up her IMDb page, and no, I haven't. Yeah. That's exactly uh, she looks so what I familiar, thought. but she just got so like I mean you see her in other things and she's kind of, to me she looks kind of waifish almost in other things but in this she is just really she got she put on some, a ton of muscle right um, and so I love just how big and looming she is uh, she's an enhanced human being she's not a Terminator or a robot she's a human being that's been enhanced mm-hmm. by future technology. And this reminded me of one of my favorite comic book series uh, that I've spoken probably about before called Lazarus. Yeah. By Greg, Portland's own Greg Rucka. Uh, it takes place in a bit of a dystopian future where the world is divided up between like 15 really wealthy families. And most of these families have what they call a Lazarus, which is a member of their family that they have enhanced to be like a super soldier. But the difference between them and like Captain America, where you just had like one procedure one time and you were just super strong forever. Mm-hmm. These Lazaruses, Greg Rucka, the writer, based a lot of that stuff on real life technology, like kind of what if, right? Uh, biometrics, and there is always like a team of doctors that uh, constantly has to monitor their biometrics, and there's just 
a shitload of different type of chemicals and drugs. They got to constantly get them <laughs> to keep them <clears throat> kind of up and running and online right. and as strong as they need to be. And that's kind of what Grace is. I love Grace is a Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes back. She can fight a Terminator, but she just can't go forever. Right. She needs food. She needs certain drugs. She. Mm-hmm. Ex- I love the explanation she gives. Like you know, she explains what she is. She's like, I'm designed to go all out for short bursts because if you can't kill a Terminator within the first few minutes, then what's then you the die. point? Yeah. You know, and I just kind of love that take on giving the humans someone. That can go toe to toe with the Terminator, but not have that just be an, another Terminator. Right. Like there has to be. There's a cost. The there's human a co- cost. There's a human cost to her. She is a human, mm-hmm. and she that she voluntarily gave up a part of her humanity for this mis- mission. And so, just that reminder of that story that I'm reading uh, is really cool. I really liked her and just the physicality of her. Yeah. So that's one my that's why I like her so much in this movie. Yeah, she, um, so she herself just made, like, made my honorable mentions, Mm -hmm. but she, as part of, like, the girl power in this movie, Mm -hmm. um, is, was something I really liked in this, in this franchise. I think I loved how, um, how strong Grace is, Mm -hmm. and that, I liked that they had, um, they were able to portray a female protector. Yeah. You know, that that is doable. In fact, two female protectors, because you have um, Sarah Connor, who is still a badass, right? I mm-hmm. think um, I, I liked this evolution of Sarah Connor because in, in the previous franchise, right? She's in the first two, and then the following three, she's dead. Right. Right? The, what I liked about the Sarah Connor Chronicles... Um, that Fox had uh, was that you have Lena Headey, you have a strong, you have more about Sarah raising John, John mm-hmm. right? And I thought I thought those were really good um, portrayals of this idea of in the very first Terminator, Sarah Connor is needs to be protected, right? right? Um, in the second one, she's really developed herself as more of a badass. A fighter. Um, and so I like this idea that, you know, here's Sarah Connor as an old woman um, who is still a badass. Mm-hmm. And I think I I want to be Linda Hamilton when I get old. Um, like, I want to be that much of a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. I love the fact that you've got that development of Sarah Connor, that she is still capable and maintain like of protecting the world right um and that now she has grace and i love that grace and her don't get along at first because Mm -hmm. they're kind of almost battling over who gets to be in charge like who's the protector um and then at the at the center of it you know of this triangle you have danny who you know it starts out with the same old trope like you're like oh you know, Sarah needed to be protected because of who she, she was gonna, yeah, who she was going to give birth, birth to, to right? right? And and they even make that comment in here where they're talking about um, Danny's future. And before Grace can finish the story, 
Sarah Connor kind of jumps in and is really disgusted, like, ugh, that's always the way it goes. They send these Terminators back to kill you because of your womb. That's right. what makes you special. Um, and as the movie progresses, they go, no, no, no. It's not because of, like, the child you're going to bear that makes you special. You're special. Mm. And I just like that kind of, um, that take on, like, in and of her own right, she can be a leader. Yeah. Women can lead and inspire. And um, so I really, I just really liked it. Um, and, and not just give birth to the future leader. Right. Which is a trope that's been done forever. Over and over and over again. Yeah. So I really liked it. I thought yeah. there's just this great kind of, um, these strong women characters still in a strong action film. They go toe to toe with, um, with other guys and in ways that make sense too. Yeah. I think you see Grace wielding tools that also um, would fit maybe how a female would fight um, a physically stronger male. Yeah. Although she's enhanced. And just the detail to the scars on her mm-hmm. that show all the different things that have been done or imply are awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll just mention like one of my honorable mentions in about uh, what you were just talking about is Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. says... Uh, that they're afraid of your womb. Right. That's why. That, that's a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, for my second thing... Which I would say, you know, also maybe a commentary on the world today. Oh, <laughs> a thousand percent it was meant that way. For, yeah. My second thing is also I'm going to talk about Sarah Connor and Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But specifically um, that they let... They put Linda Hamilton in this movie... At 63 years old. Mm-hmm. And they let her look 63 years old. Yeah. They don't they don't dye her hair. They don't try to digitally like smooth out her face or anything. And I love the story that they've told since the events of Terminator 2. Well, I shouldn't say that. I like... Um, this is a big spoiler. Uh, you find out that John Connor, after the events of Terminator 2, gets killed. Right. As a teenager. Right. And... But... St- so that they decided to make that uh, storytelling decision is fine. Uh, I'll talk more about it later. But then what they, how she explains what her life has been like since then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how she just like, you know, I, because apparently Terminators still kept coming. Right. You know, so I hunt Terminators and then I drink until I can't, until I black out right. and then I wake up again. And that's my life, that's been my life for 20 30 years or whatever and they just man and she just looks haggard and uh and she should uh, like her face sometimes uh, when she's like kind of explaining what her life has been like uh sometimes she even looks maybe a little unhinged mm-hmm. you know maybe you know and again why wouldn't she be is the life that she's led and the things that have happened to her i think it's just a really great uh performance by her. Right. You know, not just being a hardened warrior, but maybe a little bit also. There's just something in her eyes sometimes when she's talking to Grace uh, that maybe implies a little bit of, maybe I might be a little unbalanced now. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, I mean. So, yeah, that they don't try to hide her age, um, I think is great. It's uh, wonderful. I and love just, it. Yeah, and just like this kind of haunted look to her 
kind of behind her eyes mm-hmm. in addition to just you know of course being really tough uh is really great yeah agreed was that your number two yes okay uh my number two was um the t-800 carl old arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> okay not not him in and of itself but what he represents okay right because it it creates this it presents a I, I think a very interesting thought experiment. So he talks about after killing John Connor, right uh-huh. um, the events of like Skynet was still averted, right They right. still were able to go past 1997 um, and Skynet does not happen. But he still exists, mm-hmm. right? So it, it presents this interesting idea of if you're a robot with a single purpose um, and then the thing that made you no longer exists right. and no longer is able to send you um, like orders. information or right. orders, right. what do you do? What does this thing do? And I think that is an, an inter- that's a super interesting idea because ultimately, mm-hmm. what would any of the Terminators have done if they'd been successful? If right. John Connor died, what would they do? Would they jump back to the future? Were they supposed to just like self-immolate? Were they supposed to like what were they, what was it? And so you get to see that idea of this Terminator basically says. I had no more, no more information. I was not getting any orders. Skynet doesn't happen. The thing that made me mm-hmm. from the future isn't there anymore. So now I had to make choices and I had to self-determine. So how did, what did I do with my that self-determination? Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting take, I think, on time travel. Um, all time travel, like movies and books, are super complicated and they always try and figure out like, if you go back in time and change the past, what happens to your particular future? Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's kind of like they basically explain it as, well, we basically just invented a new timeline. I'm still here. I don't just fade away and cease to exist. Right. It's not now. back to the future rules. Right. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting idea that 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 they kind of touch upon, and it's especially interesting that this particular machine's self-determination was I should I should get married. Right? Like he finds a woman who has a child uh-huh. and becomes a father. And that it then also for some in some ways feels remorse for killing John Connor. And so part of its purpose is to then give purpose to John Connor's, to Sarah Connor. Right. Like, just what an interesting idea of if you're from the future, but your future, but you've changed the future to one where you don't exist. Right. What do you do with yourself? Like, you literally became obsolete by changing the future. And so it just, I really thought that was a, an interesting idea to explore of self-determination. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I like that. I thought, you know, yes, it's, it's Arnie, mm. you know, playing the Terminator for what right. the fourth or fifth time. Um, yeah. So I don't know, like it wasn't necessarily his performance that I found interesting. It was more the idea of what the T-800 represented. Okay. Interesting. I'm of two minds of that. Yeah. I'll talk about it later. Uh, For my last favorite thing, um, I like the design of the new Terminator. That comes after them, played by Gabriel Luna. Um, And remember when the trailer, the first trailer for this dropped um, back, it was in May, because we were at a certain theme park when it happened, so I knew Mm -hmm. it was in May. And I... (laughs) And I totally didn't even notice it uh, the first time I watched it. But it's the scene where um, he's chasing them in the big truck. And the liquid part of the Terminator comes off and goes out and chases them. But leaves behind a metal endoskeleton to drive. So there's essentially two of them. Right. There can be two of them as the liquid can leave and it leaves behind the endoskeleton. I just thought that was... And the endoskeleton's different. It's like black and it's like kind of differently mm-hmm. formed than what the old like silver skeletal ones were. Uh, I don't know. It's just a fun design. Yeah. You got to deal with two bad guys. Um, you know, it brings different logistics into the action sequences. Right. You know, so it's just kind of a fun idea that I thought most of the time looked pretty cool. There's mm-hmm. some CGI moments that aren't. Yeah. Aren't great. But for the most of the time, it's pretty good. Like, especially when they're in the immigration um, center. Mm-hmm. And you have just this wave of officers, like, trying to, like, gang tackle him. Right. And he's just causing, using the liquid metal to just shoot, like, spears out. out of oh. his back. And yeah. he's just impaling dudes yeah. all over the place. That's pretty great. Yeah. So, anyway, just the, that design is, was pretty cool. That was, like... Best new Terminator design. I I also have the Rev Nine and Gabriel Luna as oh. one of my favorites. Um, I I also loved the combination of like this new take on a Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked. Um, so I I do think they've done a good job of every time they've added a Terminator, they've made them pretty well. Almost every time they've made them really cool. So like. There was, you know, you you first meet the T-800, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, what, the T-1000. Right. Um, which is brilliantly done. Like, that was an excellent second Revolutionized one. special effects right. in, in the for action movies. Yeah. And then in Terminator 3, it's essentially another T-1000, I think. Like, there might have been some enhancements, oh, but not much. It was but it was girl. a lady. Right, exactly. <laughs> they just gave you the T-1000, except it was a woman, woman. right? Yeah. And then in Terminator, uh, Terminator uh, Salvation. Salvation, it's it, a robot that thinks it's, it's a, a human. human. Which, oh, I like that one. I know you didn't, but mm. I did. Um, but so this take on it was really interesting that you basically have a, you have a, a ter- uh, the T-1000 and the T-800 combined, right? Right. The endoskeleton that can operate independently, independently. Yeah. of the liquid metal. Yes. That was really cool. That was I thought cool. I thought it was great. Um, I also just loved, I thought Gabriel Luna was just charming and mm-hmm. terrifying as the Rev-9. 
there are lots of times where um, he is super charming and just like Robert Patrick was, there's a couple of times where he plays a cop and he does a good job of being pretty just charming and human-like. Yes. And Luna does that really well at several different points in the movie. And then all of a sudden it just melts away and he got this real, like became a very much a robot. Yes. Um, with an, kind of an inhuman look. Like he's not angry. He's just determined. Yeah. So um, he just does a, a great job of it. And I really liked it. And just, it feels like he's learning. He's constantly like picking up on human behavior. Mm-hmm. That'll make his next interaction with humans better. better. Right. As opposed to like when Arnold played the Terminator in the first movie. He's just this monolithic, you know, mm-hmm. unstoppable. Wow, that guy's just big. Yeah. You know. he was. It wasn't a machine designed to adapt. adapt. Or right. pretend even, or it only, it only looked human. It didn't pretend to be human. Right, exactly. So, um, and I thought that Gabriel Luna's character as Rev Nine was a machine that knew how to pretend to be human. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I that was that's my number three. Okay. So, right. So, uh, some honorable mentions. My first one is when uh, all three of the the ladies. Danny Grace and Sarah are all trying to get out of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And Danny says the great line, man, I wish you guys weren't this white. Yeah. Because they just, <laughs> you They know, stand out on the top you of know, the train. Yeah, that's right. They just, they just stand out so much. They're going to be noticed so quickly. Yeah. Um, well, that one of my honorable mentions is how much I liked the diversity. I liked that our, mm. our heroine, our hero of the future, future leader, is a bilingual Mexican woman. You know, like, I just think that it, the the trope, right, the movie trope is that the Messiah, the savior, is always a white male, mm-hmm. right? So the idea that it could be anybody else um, is, happens, right? You have the Hunger Games. Sure. And so the big leap from the white male being the savior is the white female mm-hmm. who is usually involved in a love triangle with two men, <laughs> you know, like between two, two guys and has to pick one. Two white men. Right. Two, yeah. Um, and so I just love this idea that it is um, a bilingual Mexican woman yeah. who she is going to make a difference. She is going to help mm-hmm. save humanity. Um, it was really awesome. And I just really like that, that there's billions of people on this planet and there's a really good chance that, you know, anybody, really anybody could be the, the important one. Yeah. And it could even be a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that, uh, when we discovered that of that first trailer that we saw back in May, pretty much all the heavy action stuff in that trailer is all within the first 20 minutes yeah of the movie like i was like that whole truck sequence is early on there's a fight in the factory where grace has a sledgehammer that's before that mm-hmm. you know and in that scene where she, she just is pounding uh the turn to gabriel luna in the in the head right with that sledgehammer is very satisfying yes so um and then there's even more action after that like there's just some really great fight sequences overall yeah um which i thought 
was was really cool that in the, you know I think sometimes the action sequences um, in a lot of Terminator Terminator movies especially mm-hmm. have to do with how many things you can cause to explode and um, and a lot of things explode in this movie let's oh, well, be clear sure. um, but there's also a lot more kind of hand to hand combat like Grace takes on the Rev Nine several times mm-hmm. you know sir and there, the battle, the T eight hundred takes on the Rev nine. There's just a lot of different action sequences in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, you touched on this briefly, but when um, after we find out that John died, you know, mm-hmm. still very young, and she says like every once in a while I'll get a text message from some mysterious number right that will just give me like you know latitude and longitude and a time and i'll show up there and a terminator appears and i'll kill that terminator so we talked about this after the movie it's like why yeah they killed john connor what are they coming back for again exactly who are nobody they? thinks to ask that yeah who why are they keep coming back who are they coming back for and i like that idea yeah but i just wish there was a some sort of answer. Not even, I don't even need a full answer, but some sort of hint as to why that kept happening. Yeah. Why did they keep coming back even though they had killed John? Because mm-hmm. these are one-way trips. That's established like in the first movie, that there's right. no going back to the future. So, yeah. Uh, and also, if all of these Terminators are getting sent back, mm-hmm. are human protectors getting sent back too? Right. Be- and then when Sarah like kills the Terminator, is the human protector like... Shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> now I'm stuck and then, here. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and, and who's to say that, you know, because it was, we, we did, you find out that it's Arnold's Terminator that's mm-hmm. texting her, letting her know where these, all these are short. Who's to say that he even gets, he even knows all the ones that are coming back? Right. You know, so maybe there's some just out there, like kind of sleeper cell agents, or I don't know. Yeah. So just that kind of idea that even after John died, you know, why was that? Why did that keep happening? Right. Why that's did a, that's they need an to interesting more? story that I would love. That I wish that they would explore. T- explore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's my last honorable mention. Okay. My last know. honorable mention is simply a phrase. Uh-huh. Um, there's a scene where, um, where it's actually the scene where Sarah is talking about how she gets this text, these texts mm-hmm. that give her a latitude, longitude. She goes there. Terminator shows up. She kills it. Mm-hmm. And Grace is like, can I see your phone? And she just picks up the phone, rips off the back, and, like, holds onto it. And Sarah's like, well, what are you doing? And her, her response is so on point. She just goes, future shit. And I think, like, it is th- possibly the most brilliant explanation of, here's all this advanced technology that I can do because of right. my enhancements. But I'm not going to explain it to you. Mm. I'm literally just going to use the excuse of, what am I doing to explain how I move the plot forward? I'm doing feature shit. Like, it's just a great moment. And I love it. I just love it. And it's also and it also kind of pays um, a little bit of a compliment to your audience. Mm-hmm. Like, we could fill this scene with some future techno babble as we explain what she's doing. But we trust you enough to realize you'll be able to see and understand what she's doing. Right. And we'll just cut through all the bullshit and have her yeah. say this one funny thing. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just works perfectly. I love it. It makes me laugh. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, things we didn't like. Yeah. A ton. There are a 
a couple. Yeah. I mean, so, just a couple. So, what, what did you like? My first, the one big one for me was the, not necessarily that they killed John Connor, mm-hmm. but kind of how they did it. I mean, Terminator 2 is a great action movie. Is you know it's one of it's one of my one of the best ones of that decade, and so after this big of the decade of the decade it came out in sure in nineteen ninety what th- one or two uh huh huh okay you don't think it's one of the best action movies of that decade of the nineteen nineties yes I'll have to think about that I'm not saying it is necessarily the best but I certainly know. one of the best okay uh, but anyway after that grand adventure I hear a new podcast coming. And Best movies of the 1990s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so after this big adventure in which they stop Judgment Day and all of that, he ends up just getting killed by a Terminator a year later mm-hmm. as he's still like 13 or whatever. It just felt like, well, what was the point of Terminator 2 if that's just what happened anyway? Oh, okay. I didn't like it. And then the scene itself... Because they, they show them, they show him getting killed, and it's interesting because they they digitally de-age Linda Hamilton, and it's incredible. They, it's amazing. It's amazing, and they have some other young actor that they digitally paste Edward Furlong's face on, and that looks really good. But then they have some young like stunt double of Arnold's come out, and they try to make him look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that's and it's that looks bad. That looks like a cartoon character just walked into this real life scene and shoots a kid. Yeah. The digital Arnold looked bad, so I didn't care for that. Uh, and just yeah, that they decided to well, a Terminator gets him in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Um, and it actually got me thinking about well, what would have been better. So. Here's my thought on what would have been maybe a better story idea. Oh, okay. So I'm not opposed to him dying still as a child. Um, but wouldn't it have been in a way more tragic if he died because, you know, someone like a, a drunk driver jumps a curb and hits him with a car. Mm. Some sort of just, you know, normal tragedy. Interesting Some sort idea. of real life thing. That, you know, they're fighting these, you know, robots from the future, time-traveling robots from the future that they defeat, but it's something almost mundane. That or kills them. that gets him. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that just, I mean, how does that not drive Sarah Connor into a bottle for a decade? Right. You know, I, found, I thought that that would have been more tragic. That would have been more tragic to me than just mm-hmm. having, oh, just another Terminator showed up and we didn't see it coming this time. Whoops. Yeah, you know, I just yeah, I just didn't like that 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 choice and how they were when they decided to kill him. That that's just all that happened. Interesting. I did. I mean, I can totally see what you're saying now. It it didn't bother me. Um, I the idea that like yeah, they thought they the threat was gone. Like the protector came back, the Terminator was destroyed. They legitimately thought. Oh, we're fine. And so they relaxed their guard. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, she didn't need to, to train him to be militant anymore. They were, they were ready to go back to normal or to try and find a normal life. And so for the Terminator, they weren't prepared for the Terminator to show up. You know, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. But I understand what you're saying. And I do think that's a really interesting idea. 
Um, my so I I really only had two things that I didn't like. Um, uh-huh. and one was that it's fairly predictable. There were very few moments in this movie where I really felt surprised. Like there were moments that I that I were surprisingly good like the rev nine mm-hmm. you know you see a little bit about the rev nine in the in the previews so i was already kind of expecting it but i was like oh i really i like what they did with that but i mean it was very fairly predictable right mm-hmm. it's always the same thing a terminator comes back a protector comes back and then they chase each other around until the protect until the terminator is destroyed usually with the death of the protector. Right. You know? And so there was there was some of that. Um, and then I just felt like, you know, the they had the... Arnold Schwarzenegger had the shades that he wore back in the day. And you're like, ugh. At least he made the decision not to put them on. If he had put them on, I really would have disliked that. Yeah. But you have the I'll be back line. Um and I love that Sarah Connor says it sure. instead of the T uh, T eight hundred. Yeah. Except that he then says, "I won't be back." And it's just kind of like there were just some of those moments where I was like, "Eh, this yeah. is predictable." Yeah. And I think, I think even when you know, like the moment Sarah Connor gets all disgusted, like they're afraid of your womb. Um, I think I even leaned over at that time and I'm like, "It's not her child. It's her." Yeah. You know, because... Yeah, it was pretty obvious that Yeah, that was, those things yeah. were predictable. Yeah. Um, and I like to be surprised. I like a movie that does something that surprises me. Yeah. Truly surprises me. Yeah. And this movie didn't have a lot of that. Yeah, the the twist, and I'm making yeah. air quotes, was heavily like implied, for, implied and foreshadowed, and you could see it coming right. a mile away. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then the only other thing that I really didn't like is, why is it that the only way to kill... The Terminator is to sacrifice yourself. Like, the only way to destroy the Rev-9 is for Grace and the T-800 to sacrifice themselves and die. Mm -hmm. Right? Apparently, that is the only way to kill a Terminator. So I feel like you just need to send back somebody who is willing to go on a kamikaze mission. Right? Just from Mm -hmm. the start, the only way that thing's going to die is when you decide that it's finally time to give the ultimate sacrifice and kill yourself in the defeat of the machine. That's the only thing that's going to destroy it. Right? Like, that. I just feel like either just say that at the outset before you send somebody back or, um, or come up with a different way. Was that really the only way? Really? Well, with what they had on hand... But it's always what they have on hand. It's yeah, always it's, it's, the only thing that they have on hand. It's, it's drama. Yeah. But it's so predictable. Yeah. So. Well, my last, and well, I agree. My last least favorite thing, and this kind of goes back to when you talked about the, the idea of you know, the Terminator uh, that goes back in time, completes its mission, but then what does it do with itself? Mm-hmm. And I agree, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, and, and while they give Arnold Schwarzenegger some fun lines, you know, he has, they give him some funny stuff to say, and it's funny that a Terminator would care what drapes look like. 
But, or that they would have opinions on other people's dreams. Right. Not just accept what they think. Yes. Um, I I had real trouble buying that future murder bot went back in time. And after he got done completing his murder, somehow found it in, in himself to give a damn about some random woman's um, you know, domestic violence issue. Right. I didn't. I needed something more than that. It's like, why would it care? Mm-hmm. Why would it suddenly feel like, oh, his, you know, her boyfriend was doing this to her, and I stepped in? Why would it? Mm-hmm. You know, there's. No, I, as soon as he said that, I was like, immediately, I was kind of out. Right. You know, I couldn't buy that he was, you know, had been this husband and father for so many years because I it needed something more. Right. Plot wise, something else because it just it just wasn't there. It just it just. You've been a nowhere. loving father for 30 right. years. You were designed <laughs> designed and programmed to go back in time and murder a child. And then you went from child murdering immediately to... Child raising. Child raising. Why? Right. You know, yeah, I didn't... Yeah. I couldn't buy it. So, yeah, there were... I mean, a lot of plot holes with that. Yeah. You know? I so. appreciate the effort they went into to try to cover other things. Mm-hmm. Like how... Sarah Connor goes, how does she not know you weigh 400 pounds? Because right. he would, because, you know, yeah, the metal. And I like the, the the things that they did throw in there to try to explain how he's kept it a secret right. and everything. But I still don't get why he would. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. Uh, that, But I also, I think that was the thing that I found most interesting. Like, their execution fell a little short for me. Uh-huh. But it's a it's an interesting idea to oh, for sure. Explore, I think so too. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, and just I love that moment where she's like, yeah, because the the next part is like, well, how did she not notice you weigh four hundred pounds? You know, and he's like, well, because of her domestic violence situation, she wasn't really interested in a physical, physical relationship. relationship with me. Yeah, and I just love it. Like, I am stable. Like, I'm a stable provider. I'm good at changing diapers. And I'm funny. And I'm funny. Right. Yeah. With a straight face. And I'm very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, um, I just escaped my mind. I had one last little quibble. Okay. I'll probably just let, let that go. Whatever it was. It left my brain. (laughs) Let it go. Just let it go. I hear there may be another movie that's going to sing Let It Go coming out soon. Probably. Yes. I'm sure they will touch on that song. Yeah. In that sequel. So, I don't think we're going to go see that movie, though. I don't think so. I never saw the first one, so. Yeah. It's opening this weekend. Yeah. Oh. All right. So, Terminator, Dark Fate. I feel bad that more people didn't go see it. Yeah. Because it's good. It is good. Yeah. It's a bummer. It was a good time. Yeah. I definitely think, um, I don't know why it got quite the reviews that it got. I found it very entertaining. Yeah. Um, and I do think in in these this sequence of Terminator movies, um, there so this is the sixth one. Mm-hmm. It is it is very good. It's it top is... three. I think pretty <laughs> And I will say I would say yes, I will put it in the top three. Yeah. Um I just would put Terminator Salvation number four. I th- I think it top three and then whatever order after that is irrelevant. Oh my goodness! The rest of them are all pretty bad. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. That was mm-hmm. Terminator. Dark Fate. It's still in theaters. Go check it out. Yes. Very good. Yeah. I'm excited for us to talk about our next movie. Yes. Which will be uh, a movie I've wanted to see for quite some time. Yeah. Since it came out. Yeah. It's been out for a while. Good. I think we we I think we caught it just before it's going to probably leave theaters. So yes. that's good. Yes. And good thing, too, because it's hilarious. Yes. Uh, and that would be Zombieland. Double tap. That's right. All right. And so until next week when we talk about zombies, uh, thanks for listening to the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify and a bunch of other places where you find podcasts. You can email us at ddkpodcasting at gmail.com if you want to send a question or tell us what you thought about this movie or any other movie. Suggest a movie. Suggest a beer. Yeah. Uh, tell us if you had one of the beers that we've had and whether or not you thought it was good or garbage. And uh, yeah, thanks again for everybody for listening. And until next week. Go see a movie. And thanks. <laughs>